Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right. It is that time of year again for us, head coach ranking season. So our next batch of episodes, we are going to be ranking the head coaches in every Power 5 conference. Uh, The three of us each came up with our rankings independently, and then we kind of averaged them together to come up with these lists. Uh, So starting out here with the ACC, Ryan, who is unlucky number 14. Yeah, to me, this was uh, an obvious 14. We have Brent Pry at Virginia Tech. Uh, only three wins uh, in his first season. Um, very lackluster performances on the field. Um, the recruiting is not encouraging. Uh, lost some key pieces from this past year. QBE play is bad. I mean, there's just not really anything I can point to that's looking good at the moment. So, sorry. Sorry, Hokies. Yeah. Uh, staying in state. Virginia number 13 Tony Elliott um year one wasn't uh too hot for him and the Wahoos they went three and seven uh and then you kind of look at the the tail end of his days as Clemson's offensive coordinator then now in year one as uh the head guy at Virginia wasn't too exciting of a brand of an offense and it really wasn't a good sign when the year before Brennan Armstrong put up just PlayStation numbers and then, you know, this past year, his numbers were less than half of what they were the prior year. Uh, he decided to transfer away. Um, now the recruiting class was 13th in the ACC, so not the best start for it, Elliot. Okay, number 12, we have Boston College's Jeff Halfley. And I was encouraged early on in his tenure just because he hit the recruiting trail hard immediately. It was uh, paying dividends, at least in the recruiting rankings, brought in uh, Phil Dracovic, a, a really good transfer quarterback from Notre Dame. But it just the results haven't been there, especially this this past season, three and nine. You know, there's excuses. It's had injuries, Dracovic for one, offensive line. But still, it's just year three going three and nine. It's not much of an excuse there. No, it's not. All right, moving on to number eleven, we have Brent Key. Uh, from Georgia Tech, he took over for Jeff Collins uh, the last eight games of this past season after Collins got let go, and he went four and four, which was improvement, you know. So was, there's definitely some hope down there in Atlanta. Um, didn't bring in a whole lot of talent this coming class. Um, maybe give him a pass because he was kind of the interim for most of the season. So um, heading into 2024, they're actually off to a better start, at least on the recruiting front. So hopefully, we'll give him a little bit of a wait and see on that. Um, but hard to put him a whole lot higher than this. But this is where I'm starting to feel like there's more optimism for for a coach like him. Yep. I agree. Number 10, Dino Babers of Syracuse. Uh, he's living on the hot seat now. You know, after his 10 win season in 2018, he's put up three sub 500 seasons. Uh, then he saved himself last year with a, a seven and six season. Uh, but for Syracuse fans, it. It wasn't great since he started the year six and zero, and then obviously just finished one and six. He's now eighteen and thirty nine in ACC play. Uh, he just brought in the ACC's worst recruiting class. I mean, he again, he really needs a, a good season to to not or to be back on this list again. Otherwise, he's gone. Okay, number nine, we start getting. Uh, I think the fans are a lot yeah. happier with this coach, Mike Elko of Duke. Uh, worked his way up the ranks as a defensive coordinator. Finally, you know, most recently at, at Texas A&M, and finally got a head coaching job at Duke, and inherited one of the worst Power Five teams in college football. Immediately, immediately goes nine and four. 
you could argue he should have been national coach of the year last season. The improvement they had was just insane. He's ninth on this list. That might seem low for you know me giving him all this praise, but it is just one season, and the eight coaches ahead of him have just longer track records of of at least you know above average or or solid coaching. That they do. All right, so let's move on to number eight, and we have Dave Doran at NC State. Pretty much right in the middle of the rankings here, which is par for the course for Dave Doran. Just just doing enough. Um, he's been there for ten years, believe it or not. Um, his ACC record's thirty eight and forty four, so not that great. But if you take out his first year when they kind of they, they went zero and eight, so ever since then it's been slightly over five hundred. Um, but he's only finished in the top twenty five twice in those ten years. Never won ten games, so he's never really had a breakout season. He had a couple of nine win seasons in there, but. Just kind of good enough to to stick around, but not bad enough to really get considered for for you know true hot seat. But NC State's he's got to break out one of these years and have like a great season. It seems like if you're at, at a place that long, one of those years just kind of works. But still waiting. Mm-hmm. Pat Narduzzi is number seven of Pitt. Uh, his first six seasons were good, kind of average, but but not great. Uh, won the Coastal once, but got destroyed by Clemson in the ACC title in that period. But he's climbed our list after kind of breaking through. He had the 11-win season and Peach Bowl appearance a couple years ago. Last year, he brought in Keaton Slovis. And while they weren't firing, he managed nine wins, got a bowl victory, uh, back-to-back top 25 finishes. His job is safe now, but I'm personally kind of curious if this is a ceiling or if he can, you know, continue to to rise on this list um with some good seasons yeah we'll see there was a long time like you said of just kind of kind of like dave doran maybe even a little yeah. worse i would say but but yeah last right. two years yeah. have, been, have been good uh number six we have mac brown of north carolina and i feel like he gets a lot of crap from college football fans there seems to be uh, a lot of people out there with the notion that he's just not a very good coach and I don't get it. Like I when he was hired at North Carolina, the previous 2 years they were 2 and 14 in uh in ACC play. Mac Brown is currently 20 and 14. So that's pretty good for for a record in conference. He's made a bowl game all 4 years. They made the Orange Bowl in year 2. Uh they made the ACC title game last year. Like at North Carolina, I think he's doing a good job. Now, I think what people point to is oh, he's had these great recruiting classes. Maybe he's slightly underperforming the recruiting level and and yeah maybe that's true but he's also recruiting really great so yeah. i i would take a coach that dramatically out recruits compared to maybe what you know an average coach would do even if he's slightly underachieving so as far as to the talent level yeah so, he's, anyway. he's raised the bar there no doubt yeah that's that's he's a victim of raising the bar so high yeah. that making an orange bowl and making an acc title game is people see it as underachieving yeah, North Carolina is not a surefire program, so he's. I think he's doing a good job too. All right, let's move on to number five. Uh, we have Jeff Brom, first year head coach at Louisville. Now, the uh, the Bros were all high on him. He did a great job at Western Kentucky, but back in the day, leading them to you know some really good offenses and then double digit wins his last couple seasons. Then took over just a horrible Purdue team from Daryl Hazel, and they were just in rough shape immediately made them competitive going to a bowl game in year one. Overall, he's he's at Purdue. He's 36 and 34 and then 26 and 25 in Big Ten play. Doesn't sound like sexy numbers, but winning record in Big Ten play for at Purdue, 
I mean, that's 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 impressive in my mind. It's it's hard to be successful there, especially considering what he took over. And, you know, he's had he's been snake bitten some of the seasons with some pretty significant injuries to some of his top guys. So no matter what happens, though, he manages to put out, you know, quality teams, quality offenses. And I think he's going to do extremely well. Uh, at Louisville. We love Jeff Brom. Yeah, we, I think we all just <laughs> Brom he's stands. He's, he's going to kill it. Yeah. there. They're going to be good. I think so, too. Uh Yep. Uh, number four, we have Mike Norvell, Florida State. You know, some people might say he should be a little bit higher on the list, but just think think about this. A year ago, we didn't even know if Norvell would be on this list. Uh, he needed to have a good <laughs> yeah. season to, to for sure keep his job. Uh, he did. He backed that up. 10-win season, 11th ranked finish. Coming into 2023, they're going to be one of the most hyped teams uh, just because of they returned so much production. Uh, you know, there's a little buzz in Tallahassee for the first time since the Jimbo days. Um, he did great at Memphis, inherited a mess with the Knowles, and has now, I guess, steadily improved them in his three seasons. His recruiting class was was third in the ACC, just barely behind Clemson. So he's certainly trending up. We'll see if he can back it up this year. Yeah, I, I think this will be maybe the, the most controversial uh, ordering on our list here. Number three, we have... Mario Cristobal from Miami, right ahead of Mike Norvell. And I can understand swapping them. Like, Ryan, on, on your personal list, you did have yeah. Norvell had Cristobal. Cristobal. I think it's reasonable. Yeah, to me, to me, it's close. Because like Trey said, like just go back a year. I think almost unanimously, people would have agreed that Cristobal should be ranked higher than yeah. Norvell, and maybe in some people's minds, a lot higher. So... Now, last year counts. He rose up the list because Norvell did a great job, and it's kind of the culmination of, wow, really pulling Florida State out of, out of the gutter. So that is impressive, but I, I still value what, what Cristobal did at Oregon, uh, making, uh, winning the Rose Bowl there, two New Year's Six Bowls in four years. He really elevated them into the recruiting juggernaut that, that they are right now. He kind of built out that, that infrastructure. So um, yes, Miami year one was bad, five and seven, yeah. and it, it – Believe me, like on our national list, I'm going to drop Cristobal because that was like he deserves to drop for that. Um, sure. And and it's worrisome too. Like heading into next year, I'm not necessarily bullish on the U, but I still kind of believe in him as a recruiter. Um, I think he's going to build out a roster that's really good in the trenches, balanced. So still have that belief there, but it is it is waned a little bit. That was, well, hopefully that was, you pick better coordinators good. this time. Yeah, that both coordinators did not did not work out. No. Um, okay, let's move on to number two. We have uh, Dave Clawson at Wake Forest. Wake Forest number two in the ACC here. Crazy, um, but I, you got to give Clawson a lot of credit for what he's been able to do. Seven straight bowl games, had an ACC title game appearance. Some really high flying offenses, fun to watch. Uh, Nineteen wins the last two years, so he's he's done a great job there in Winston Salem. And if you take out the first couple of years, I mean, he's been 30, he's, he's been 53 and 35 since those first couple of seasons there. And, you know, he's going to have his work cut off from a little bit this year after losing Sam Hartman to transfer to Notre Dame. But, you know, he's, he's turned out some good, some good offenses with the multiple quarterbacks at this point. So I'm not going to, not going to doubt him, but it's a little weird to have a guy like that, maybe this high on the list, but it, you got to consider it's weak and it's just, it's hard to do things there, man. Yep. Sustained success there is impressive. Yeah. Uh, all right. Number one, slam dunk, I think, for for everyone. Dabo Sweeney of Clemson. Uh, you know, 
what more do you say? 12 straight 10 win seasons, couple national titles. And like, even though they haven't been kind of the dominant force the last couple of years that we kind of grew accustomed to, they still had, you know, double digit wins um, in their down years. And, you know, and, and I like that this year he ventured out this offseason ventured out of the program to bring in, uh, you know, a, a highly regarded offensive coordinator, Garrett Riley. Uh, that's one of the better offseason hires. They're still recruiting at a pretty high level. So got to be number one. Yep. Okay. Well, there you have our, our ACC rankings. Let's just I'll pull up the, the full list if you're watching here on YouTube. Uh, Brian, any just overall thoughts here? I mean, I, I kind of looking at the each coaching conference here, like all the coaches in the conference. I felt this one kind of maybe more than more of the most of the others. It's just it's kind of hard to get excited about some of these guys. Um, I like I look at Pry, Elliot, Halfley, even like Narduzzi and Doran. It's super. It's kind of a little difficult to just like talk yourself and to get super excited about them. I'll even throw Brent Key in there just because he's kind of yeah. he's not a known commodity. It's like that's that's kind of hard to get excited about. So. There's just so many names. I'm like, eh, eh, eh. So it's 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 not the most exciting list. I will say in in defense of of Brent Pry and, and Tony Elliott, the the rosters they inherited weren't great. Mm-hmm. So I, I I'm willing to obviously give them more than that. Yeah, they got to um, turn up the recruiting. They do. Um, let's see. I'm I'm looking at the list here. I think yeah, Norvell clearly this year if if Florida State lives up to the hype, and I, I think they'll be really good. Uh, he Should has be. the potential to move up to number two, I think. Like if they they win the ACC, I think he could easily climb up to to number two on the list. Watch out for Jeff Brom. Um, I love Jeff Brom. I do. I I, I love Jeff Brom too. I, I'm he's Louisville should be decent this year. It's not like uh, Scott yeah. Satterfield left left the cupboard bare there. They 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 should be decent. Um, what happens uh, if Mike Elko go, wins like nine games again? You yeah, know, two years in <laughs> yeah, no, he's got he'll he'll climb big time. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, that'd be impressive. Though it's kind of like he'll climb the the probably the Doran, and if Narduzzi kind of falls back a little bit, but yeah, it's, it's probably hard slide to, past Mac Brown. He could, yeah, he could do that depending on what Brown does. But anyway, yeah, Trey, any any thoughts? No, we kind of touched on it about. I was kind of looking at you. You brought up a couple guys that could rise, but kind of look at like Mario Cristobal. I think if this if this year is another bomb for Miami, he's the one that could probably move the the most the other way. Just because even yeah. that recruiting bump that we kind of give him would would kind of be a moot point. I think if they have just two duds, yeah, yeah, it'll he's going to be a tough one to deal with. For, I mean, he was tough this year. I, I don't know. Do I get out ahead of it and drop him, or or still yeah. <laughs> keep the yeah. faith? Keep so, the faith anyway. in the recruiting, I guess. Yeah, but all right. Well, thanks for watching uh, this episode of the College Football Bros. Uh, like I said, this is only episode one of, of all of our coach rankings episodes. So we'd really appreciate it if you help spread the word. Um, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, leave comments down below giving us your thoughts. And and yeah, share it with your friends. We'd, we'd really appreciate that as we try and grow the podcast. So thank you for watching and listening. We'll see you next time.